Hello and welcome to the Full of Beans podcast, hosted by myself, Hannah, a registered associate nutritionist and your favourite crazy bean. Full of Beans is on a mission to reduce eating disorder stigma and increase eating disorder awareness. Together, we will establish inspiring conversations with a range of individuals, including those with personal experience and their loved ones, as well as clinicians, researchers and charities who are all working to increase the understanding of eating disorders. Using my personal battle with atypical anorexia and body dysmorphia, as well as my Masters in Eating Disorders and Clinical Nutrition, we will together explore the experiences of like-minded individuals who are equally as passionate about sharing their stories to increase the understanding of eating disorders. Please note that this podcast discusses sensitive topics and should not be seen as a replacement for evidence-based therapy or treatment. Today we are joined by the extremely talented Jodie, the founder of Jodie Yates Art. Jodie is an intersexual feminist who loves nothing more than painting tits and bits. Jodie uses her art to challenge the norms of structures of the male gaze. She aims to empower people to accept their bodies as they are and really champion the body neutrality in her work. So Jodie, how are you doing today? Hi, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Tired, as always, uh, through this <laughs> third lockdown, but other than that, I am, uh, yeah, I'm surviving. Yeah, good. I'm so excited to have you on today. I think it's so nice because you're one of my closest friends, but also, like, you know, just talking about your work, it, it's just, it's so beautiful, so I'm really excited to have a chat about it. Oh, that's so kind. Yeah, and I'm really excited as well, actually. I mean, I think you know, I love um, all that you've been doing with your Instagram and now this podcast. I think it's great and obviously honoured that you wanted to have me on. Of course. Who better to talk about body positivity with art? It's fantastic. So to get us started, I kind of wanted to focus on the kind of feminism aspect of things. So I think feminism is often interpreted quite differently for different people. I think there's a lot of kind of I would say different levels maybe of feminism so could you describe what feminism means to you yes definitely I think feminism is actually such an interesting one because as you say that there's different levels and it literally does mean different things to different people Mm. I mean there are different waves of feminism but I won't get into all the history of it I mean feminism to me fundamentally comes down to I mean the equality of the sexes but I guess actually not just equality but equity So, I mean, what I mean by this is whilst through equality, an individual or a group of people um, is given the same resources or opportunities, um, equity sort of recognises that each person has uh, different circumstances and uh, Mm. then allocates the exact resources and opportunities needed to reach an equal outcome. So it's slightly different. And in terms of feminism and I guess women's rights as well, for me that doesn't mean just allowing women the same opportunities to get a certain job for example like putting it very plainly as for many women this mere opportunity like it doesn't doesn't always help them as there are other factors involved uh, such as money or I guess like lack of money mm-hmm. race gender identity ability and and so on so in some cases it it means sort of supporting women in different ways I guess such as economically to enable them to take advantage of those opportunities mm-hmm. so yeah I mean it's one of those things where you could literally that's a whole different podcast podcast I think <laughs> but yeah it's I think that's sort of what it means to me at the moment it, it changes I guess as you learn different things as well yeah and I think that's really interesting isn't it because I think a lot of the time you know initially 
I say when feminism started becoming a big thing I mean you you know what I mean by that like when yeah. people started actually like talking about it yeah it was kind of seen as like equality for all and women deserve exactly what men deserve but at the end of the day like we are different and mm. you know it's like what you were saying giving a woman you know the equal kind of rights for one thing might actually not be beneficial so we don't need exactly yeah. the same yeah exactly and I think that's sort of what it comes down to I mean I guess yeah as I said like fundamentally feminism does sort of just mean to me like equality of the sexes but there's no point in giving someone equality like to do something if they're not also given those sort of resources to be able to take advantage of that um mm. so yeah that's sort of where the idea of equity comes in I think so yeah you're saying sort of exactly what I I was saying as well and like you know we mentioned at the start that you're an intersexual feminist so could you just explain what that means because I personally have not heard of that before yeah sure so uh, the term intersectional feminism was coined by a woman called Kimberly Crenshaw in 1989 Uh, she was an American law professor and basically the, the concept centers around the idea that inequalities were not created equal. So it touches, I guess, on what we've just been speaking about. Basically, it sort of recognises that different factors such as race, class, sexual orientation, ability, among others, affect gender equality. So, for example, another very simple example, a black woman uh, not only experiences, I guess, the disadvantage and discrimination and prejudice from sexism, but then also racism as well. And intersectionality basically is about how those two inequalities affect one another and affects, I guess, that that person's life, their you know prospects for money, for job, for in society, everything like that. And so, it is important that your feminism is intersectional because it shouldn't be excluding people based on their gender, on their race, on their socioeconomic status or any of those other sort of factors that I've just mentioned. But yeah, again, another like really sort of huge topic. And yeah, I guess like I'm, I'm no sort of expert in the field either. So, I mean, if you want to know and sort of understand more about intersectionality, there are obviously some great people you can follow on Instagram. And a few that I would maybe point you to are mm-hmm. to a, a page called just at feminist. There's mm-hmm. the slum flower. There's Galdem as well. So that's G-A-L-D-E-M. Um, there's Laura Bates, who um, people may have come across because she's written quite a few books around um, feminism and women's rights and misogyny. And also a woman called Amika George as well. And she's an activist. So yeah, so there's a few which I can think of. Yeah, well, thank you for those recommendations. I think it's always really helpful when people are looking to, you know, be educated more to kind of have the guidance of where to go with that. So thank you for that. And I think actually that quite nicely links in to eating disorders in in a weird way, because I think even at the moment, there's a massive stereotype in that like eating disorders are white, middle class females, probably a teenager and it's just as you know as we're seeing it's just not the case and not everybody is emaciated and things like that so I think that ties in really nicely and kind of don't just see something as one thing there are so many other areas that you need to consider and yeah it's great you know if you're raising awareness for whether it's feminism or whether it's eating disorders it's great if you're talking about it but there's so many other things that you need to consider as well yeah definitely I think um, you know, with eating disorders and with, with anything really, there's just so much more nuance there than mm-hmm. I guess society allows. Um, and I, yeah, just the, 
expectation that someone with an eating disorder is going to be a white sort of teenager um and even something something is like i feel like when people think of eating disorders i think immediately they probably think of um like anorexia yeah. obviously there are so many different eating disorders and disordered eating and stuff like that like it just society doesn't allow for the nuances and it doesn't allow for representation of different people mm-hmm. um and things like intersectional feminism really would help support you know it all grow and just be much more representative of everyone and what sort of things have they done if they have to talk about you know different races and all of that that maybe the eating disorder awareness community could kind of take on board in order to spread awareness for the different genders and races and stuff that also experience eating disorders yeah so I mean what intersectional feminism is like yeah really good for is basically just raising awareness of Mm. how different groups of people are excluded from everything Uh, so like you say like different races different sexualities um i mean intersectional feminism kind of it's sort of quite it's like the opposite basically second wave feminism i think Mm. was very sort of white feminism Uh, so basically white women white middle class women and intersectional feminism is obviously the opposite of that because they try to include uh, they do include um all races all genders um all identities things like that so i think definitely the sort of eating disorder I guess community I think is, is that how you said it uh, I don't know if yeah, that's right I mean I yeah. guess it's weird saying it like that I guess maybe if we put awareness yeah. in there it sounds less like we're all awareness kind of community. promoting the wrong message <laughs> yeah that does sound quite bad sorry about that um <laughs> but yeah <laughs> they could definitely take on um some messages and ideas from how intersectional feminism sort of operates and it's yeah it's again like if you're in that if you're in the field of raising awareness about eating disorders and mm. promoting support and things like that and you're looking to be more representative it's about following those kind of people who i just mentioned they mm. um you know sort of following their sort of habits and, and their behaviors online that will really sort of help you um to broaden the, those horizons something that i would like your opinion on this because i think sometimes when there's almost something that i mean I'm obviously a female, but like I don't specifically maybe know a lot about feminism. So sometimes I'm mm. scared of saying the wrong thing. And I think that that can ha- happen quite often with eating disorders in that people are scared of saying the wrong thing because maybe they haven't experienced eating disorder. So they don't say anything at all. So do you think that it's better to kind of maybe not risk, but kind of say something that maybe might not be the right thing to say, but learn from it? Or is it better to just not yeah it's such a tricky one really and I think it actually just sort of comes down to the type of person Mm. that you are um I mean I'm no influencer um (laughs) but (laughs) but I've obviously seen you know many sort of influencers or I guess sort of celebrities who say something and they're basically attacked by the PC police and I think yeah it's such it's such a tricky one um, because if you're willing to sort of risk that, I guess, of vilification and, you know, harassment um, from these trolls, effectively, because mm. they are they are trolls, um, 
then that's great you should say things and then you should you know pick up on what people say and think oh actually yeah you know reflect on it that what I just said you know wasn't the best thing but now I know for next time Mm. whereas actually if you don't if you don't say anything then you never learn and it's just I think it's such a shame that like society you know tabloids media and then actually people people who follow you that if they don't allow you to to grow and learn like that it's Mm. just it's it's so bad there's just no room for learning in this culture I think but I'm really glad you said that actually because I think I think that is the way to look at it is okay so yes the first time second time whatever you might say something wrong but it's better to say something wrong and learn for it than never say anything at all because I think then you just look like you don't care about it yeah exactly and actually is as I said this was I'm no influencer and this was in no way sort of like a I guess a public experience but more of like just I guess a personal sort of internal experience the, the other day I was speaking to a colleague and I was I guess ranting about something um which I thought was really silly what another colleague had done and then I read something the other day about this sort of this specific thing um and sort of thought oh actually I think I was in the wrong there ranting about this and shaming this other person for for doing whatever they were doing and I thought oh okay so I know sort of know for next time you know obviously not not to say that and maybe there is a different reason behind why they were doing this um so yeah it's just things like that and we but like it's so much worse I think if you have like a massive following and if actually you'd said that something like that publicly and then you have all these people who are like sort of shouting at you and telling you off and it it can obviously make you feel like you never want to sort of speak out again and obviously so luckily for me, it was with a you know a trusted friend that I was speaking mm-hmm. to about this, and now I obviously have gone away, learned something new, and I can reflect on on that conversation. Think, well, actually, yeah, I'm actually in the wrong there, so I won't obviously say that again. Mm. Yeah, and I think as long as you're willing to learn, I think that's the like important part about it, isn't it? Um, Definitely. So in terms of your art, which is stunningly beautiful, so everyone should Thank go and have a look at it. Um, <laughs> what kind of sparked your inspiration to start painting nude portraits? Yeah, I mean, I think generally I'm inspired by feminism itself. Mm. And I guess the art is is great because I'm a bit I'm able to use like this practice and this art to explore this ideology of feminism and this this sort of view on the world but I guess more more generally I'm anything that aims to sort of empower and uplift women is a big source of inspiration for my creativity Mm -hmm. Um, and I try to use my painting to reflect this as well and I do believe that's sort of why we meant so many of us find um, movements such as the body positivity movement so inspiring and whilst I'm very much at the in like in the early stages of an art career I do sort of envision my work to be a space where women can escape the pressures of society Mm -hmm. and sort of at least find sort of neutrality and peace and acceptance of with their bodies because it's such an empowering thing I think even for myself to paint myself it's so empowering but then for some I have I have yes that's incredible. Um, I know. Well, you see, if you're lacking inspiration, all you need to do is <laughs> take a picture of your naked body and paint that. <laughs> and, and how did you find that when you did that? Was it kind of an, a nerve-wracking thing at the start, and then afterwards you thought, "Wow, look at me go!" Or you know, how did it change your view at all? Yeah, it's it's interesting one. I mean, because obviously I'm just sort of painting by myself and painting myself by myself. I thought that was that was fine. You know, no one was really like sort of like an onlooker in that 
sort of experience but I guess the more sort of then posting that on Instagram mm. and sharing that with you know followers and people who may come across my page like that's a bit daunting because it's like you look at look at this photo and you know I was sort of outing myself as like oh this is a this is a self-portrait here um and then you know people look at that and think oh my god that's so that's Jodie naked and like <laughs> it's a bit difficult I mean because I use so much color and it's quite abstract as well mm. my paintings it's not as hard to look at that and think oh my god that's what she looks like naked so <laughs> I that you know that played to my favor a bit but so it was it was quite scary doing that that part of it but getting so much like positive feedback of people being like wow that's so cool that you did that that's so empowering then obviously it, it kind of boosts your confidence a bit and obviously people um are appreciative of the art itself and that's you know good for the ego um <laughs> so yeah it's it's an interesting process but I think you know it's so much more potentially so much more daunting for other people coming to me and being like can you paint me because they obviously have to send like that photo of if, if it's of themselves they have to send yeah. a photo for me so um so it's that that's quite daunting but I think it's potentially even more beneficial for them for their sort of body acceptance their the how they view themselves mm, I think it's, yeah. it's much more beneficial and has a much bigger impact than if I was to just paint myself mm. because I I've seen imagine. how I look <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can imagine that would be like really incredible to send you a picture which I imagine would be quite a daunting thing but then to get back something you know because you do use such bright colors and all the glitter and everything it must be like I don't know it's kind of if you were insecure about your body or whatever to then receive such a beautiful piece of artwork I think you know would be really empowering like you said yeah definitely I think I think that's it like you get such a sort of sense of gratification and a sense of reward um you get something back basically from doing that really scary thing um so it's so rewarding I think and like I've come across so many talented people on in the sort of art community as as I would call it and even though I can paint myself you know I've you know definitely been tempted to sort of send obviously photos to other people and be like oh can you you know make this your the clay sculpture of, of me can you you know paint me and stuff like that um like that would be that would be really cool like, it's just like a, it's like another I think another step up from like yeah. accepting yourself being able to do something like that is obviously is very cool yeah definitely and what you know you said about the fact that you do use loads of color and it's quite abstract is that a way that you've always painted or is that something you picked up when you started to paint portraits yeah I guess I've, I've always sort of used lots of color I just find it it's like a, a sort of good form of escapism, escapism in a way because I guess you know what the UK is like it can be quite dull outside <laughs> the weather and everything um, and the you, definitely yeah um, and using colour is just you know a great way to I guess represent positivity as well um, obviously lifting your mood and things like that um, it brightens a room and on a, I guess a different level sort of signifies like the sort of freedom and, and liberation that you'd want people to have you know just being able to paint yeah. so freely and like because it's abstract it's not realism for me um that's great because you know things don't have to be perfect mm. um and that's just that's liberating as well being able to just put your paintbrush to a canvas and just see where where it takes you basically mm. and I think it's really nice as well because I think there's so much especially nowadays of you have to have the perfect body but you know your paintings 
like you just said, they're not always perfect because they are abstract. And I think that's such a nice way of looking at your own body. You know, if you see a painting that's not perfect, why do you need to be perfect? So I guess it's really nice in that way that your artwork isn't necessarily perfect because it's then like, well, actually my body doesn't need to be perfect anyway. Yeah, I think that's actually a really nice way of putting it. And when you were speaking about that, I immediately thought of how everyone says art is subjective. Like Mm. you can look at a Van Gogh painting and one person be like, oh, that's amazing. Another Mm. person be like, I don't get it. I don't like it. (laughs) Um, And like, that's how you should sort of view yourself in a way. I mean, just accepting that not everyone's going to like you. Your, Your body type maybe is not everyone's cup of tea, but you will always be someone's cup of tea and you should definitely always be your own cup of tea. Yeah, Um, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's so true though. And I think it's, it's that with your body, with your personality, whatever. I always think I don't like everybody. So why would I expect everybody to like me? Like it's just never going to happen. Yeah. I think for years I spent loads of time trying to be a different person so that I fit in and everybody liked me and stuff. And now I'm just like, you know what? this is me and at the end of the day you know I've got lovely friends and that I'm happy with that I don't need everybody to like me yeah exactly I always um obviously when you're a teenager and you're sort of growing up in like secondary school and everything you want to sort of be like I guess like the popular kids and you obviously do everything you can to try and um be you know fit in with them um and also you can see I guess like from the outside everyone looks a bit like a clone of each other and I just sort of I think like now I'm on a such a different level of like confidence I didn't have that much confidence really I mean I was confident with my friends but not with really like anyone else and I just love to sort of do secondary school again and just be like that person who didn't care because Mm. I don't care you know it's like it's so silly all the things like which really mattered back then which you don't phase me now at all yeah Something I think is really positive, though, like I've been listening to a lot of um, Happy Place by Fern Cotton. And, Uh. you know, most of her guests are older than us, you know, like whether they're 30s or 40s, what have you. And, you know, they're all saying, you know, now when they're that age that's when they're starting to accept themselves and be a bit different but I think it's really positive that actually people our age you know like 20s or whatever are now starting to do that as well so I'm just hoping that because that's trickled down to us at an earlier age hopefully we can then pass that on to the next generation then they'll be even younger realizing that actually I don't have to fit this mold I can be who I want to be yeah definitely and I think if we go back to social media as well like whilst it can be such a horrible place in terms of you know seeing all of these you know different bodies and being like I want to look like that Mm. if you use it right social media is a great tool to Mm. then you know tell people to to accept themselves and stop comparing themselves to others and just imagine if actually it was used in that way like you say all those sort of the generation um down from us they'll all be loving themselves you know when they're 12 yeah absolutely and you know you spoke about before um like accepting your body and this is something that I'm really passionate about because I think at the moment it's kind of we've gone from being in despair with our bodies to now oh, you have to love every single part of you and, you know, bring all the passion and you're so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. But nobody feels like that every day. And I've kind of tried to reach a point where 
I'm just, like you said, accepting of my body. And some days I'll look in the mirror and think, yeah, you go, girl, you look fantastic. Definitely, but other yeah. days I'll look in the mirror and I'll think, yeah, that's my body today, but it's literally just my body. It, it doesn't make me who I am. So how do you think, you know, for that generation below us, how can we reach that acceptance rather than all this, I don't know, different messages that we're now trying to achieve? Yeah, I think it's such an interesting one, isn't it? And as an outsider looking on to support for people with eating disorders, I can see how it would very much be like, oh, stop hating yourself, just love yourself, you know? And that's so that's so difficult for someone it's so who extreme looks... extreme as well. Exactly, yeah, they're two, they're two extremes and you can't go from one extreme to the other. It's just not how it works. And I think there is a much better way of sort of looking at looking at yourself a much more positive step to take in that sort of journey of self-acceptance and I guess that would be sort of body neutrality mm-hmm. um which is a concept I've sort of discovered from a, an activist called Jamila Jamil I don't know if mm, you know yes her. she does I weigh yes yeah yes, I, love, I so, love her yeah she's she's amazing I I think she's such a sort of positive force in society in the world and basically this concept of body neutrality is that sort of mindset which challenges this sort of movement of body positivity which we've we've touched on already and whereas body positivity encourages people basically to sort of love themselves and emphasizes that all bodies are beautiful which is of course true Mm. um it can be very hard for someone who is not in a very good place at all with their body and with yeah. their mind. So body neutrality is then more focused on um, accepting your body as it is without that extremity of loving mm-hmm. um, or hating your body. And it values this, I guess, the facts of what your body actually does for yeah. over how it looks. So whereas, you know, you look in the mirror and you think, oh, I love my body. I love, you know, my stretch marks. You know, I love the curves and stuff like that. You'd be like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm proud of my body for functioning, <laughs> yeah. for for helping me breathe every day, for <laughs> processing the food that I eat, that I eat and stuff like that. Yeah. So neutrality is so much more attainable and sustainable in a world that basically does not encourage women to feel positive about their bodies anyway. And of course, um, it's not to say that neutrality is easy to attain either, or that it's the better one overall. I mean. I have touched on this before where we need to be sort of nuanced here so it's what about it's what works for you really and Mm -hmm. allowing yourself the patience and time to basically move along that sort of journey I mean the idea is that you move along you move away from you know self-hatred but whatever then works for you was what works for you and you shouldn't let anyone tell you otherwise yeah and I think it's this whole it's just moving away from that whole black and white idea of things in that you either love yourself or you hate yourself sort of thing because that I think that displays the wrong message as well because okay so you've moved away from maybe like you know disliking your body but then if one day you wake up and you don't love your body you're just going to feel equally as rubbish as you did on the day that you didn't like your body because you're like, yeah. well, now I can't even love my body so I'm not even successful at that like I might as well just pack it all in and forget about it exactly yeah it's as I said like such a difficult one and it's just so hard I think as you say for someone to be like trying to obviously I guess go through recovery process and then yeah feeling like they're also failing and it's just mm-hmm obviously it's so bad in terms of mental health and mental illness let alone uh, you know recovering from like an eating disorder it's just so difficult and I just wish that people just accepted the nuance in things 
And I think this is something that we've chatted about personally over the past few weeks is that lockdown has given us both an opportunity to kind of reevaluate what we do for ourselves, particularly in sport. But do you think as well that it's this time has been able to allow you to be more flexible with your body image as well as the sport that you do? Yeah, so obviously I've gone from that I've gone from this journey of I've always been interested in sport. I used to do a sort of athletics and sort of running and then I moved to uni and then I did rowing. But I've always been sort of basically committed to sort of one thing at a time and there's always been one goal in mind. So I did rowing and then after I sort of fell out of love with that, I then found powerlifting and I was sort of obsessed with that because I love training in the gym and I was doing that for a few years and then I found powerlifting I was like oh my god this is amazing I just wanted to be the strongest that I could ever be and I was never attaining sort of I guess I was doing that thing I was comparing myself to other people and other women and I was looking at I was looking at them thinking why can't I lift that much why can't I do it like I weigh this much I should be lifting that much stuff like that and that wasn't very good in terms of my mental health I think reflecting on it now and then I guess leaving uni I then didn't have enough time for things like powerlifting because you, you need to commit <laughs> you, you need to commit don't you um and so and then just doing other things like getting a job I was just too busy and then when lockdown came around and also you couldn't go to the gyms then that actually did just allow me the bit of the freedom to sort of chill out a bit and be like mm. okay you're, you're gonna lose some muscle here like you're not going to come out of this as strong as you were and then just actually just accept that and think okay so what actually do I want to do and what makes me feel good and and now I've been able to uh sort of do other things like hit sessions and I absolutely mm. hate or I, still, I guess I still do hate cardio I mean hit sessions are all right <laughs> <laughs> but I obviously did you know loads of those and it was a great sort of family affair for me as well because we were all doing them and so that just brought a bit more excitement I guess into that and I think yeah flexibility with everything is just such a a much better I guess like outlook on on life as well mm. just allows you that freedom to sort of just literally see how your body is feeling or what you want from day to day and then just going with that flow yeah I think that's sort of the problem with having such a fixed routine and training isn't it is you never give yourself a chance to think am I actually doing this because I want to or am I doing this just because it's kind of what I feel like I have to do and I think that fits with you know the whole body image thing as well is am I yeah am I looking like this because this is how I naturally do look or am I being really restrictive um and putting things into place that are making me look this way which you know that's not a healthy place to be at yeah definitely and I think that's where society obviously is is such a bad place um for that because you sort of you're looking at things you don't really realize like you're taking in all of this information as you scroll mm, yeah. and then that obviously feeds information to your brain and then you you end up thinking a certain way you end up thinking like I need to do this so I can look this way or why you know why do I look this way and then well, you should really be sort of just checking in with yourself and being like well what do I want what yeah. what is it that I want from this what what do I feel like and yeah going with that yeah and I think it's funny as well like I don't think people realise, because you're not like reading necessarily, which I think is the worst part. Yeah. You, when you're on social media, you take in so much information because you're just flicking through pictures and pictures. Yeah. And I actually went on to my, you know, like your discovery thing on Instagram. I barely yeah. go on there because it's never what I want to see. But there were so many like before and after pictures or people <laughs> like, you know, curled over and they've got 
you know they're trying to show they've got roles or whatever and it's just like uh, I just think that these before and after pictures are saying you know the before body type was wrong but the after type is better and equally the pictures where people contort their bodies are saying that their body type when they're not putting to themselves into positions to make them appear differently is wrong and none everybody then feels like their body is wrong because you've got people actively still trying to change themselves we've just moved to a, another detrimental area on social media and that yeah it it's it's still not empowering and i just don't yeah. know how we get to a point where it is empowering because I don't know. I think the the difficulty is is that everybody's different. So yeah. What's empowering for one person, maybe won't be for another. And how do you even begin to navigate that? I know it. Do you know what really winds me up about what something that you just mentioned there like really triggered me, <laughs> not <laughs> properly triggered me, but it was just riling me up. And it's when basically women who have bodies that are socially acceptable basically slim maybe you're curvy uh you know what i mean and then they basically as you say sort of contort themselves in different positions to try and prove that they have roles and they are not perfect and whatever when actually they just look the same and they but when it contorting is like the the key word there because they're really like they're forcing themselves mm-hmm. over like you wouldn't normally stand like that yeah sure if you if you're gonna bend over like that you're gonna get some rolls anyone would and it it just really it damages the body positivity movement really and sort of body acceptance as well because someone who is really struggling with their body who doesn't look like that would would look at them and be like well that's just not fair and the another huge problem with it, it comes back to that intersectionality and and that. Uh, sort of issue of representation as well because these basically uh, skinny people these slim these slim women are taking up um, a space where which should be designated to sort of, I guess fat people because mm-hmm. um, that's where the body positivity movement actually um, originated from it's it's a sort of I guess a fat positivity movement or these these people coming out and being like yeah I I look how I am I know society doesn't like it but I like it mm-hmm. and then basically skinny women who are already accepted in society are coming into this space and they are they are taking it away from people who it was meant for i'm gonna say something controversial here go on (laughs) sorry in advance i don't know i completely agree with what you're saying but i also it's difficult to put into words but just because somebody maybe has a body that is like you know accepted in society Mm. it doesn't necessarily mean that they accept it oh yes of course yeah so I completely get what you mean and that there then there you know there needs to be that space but I personally think that we should be able to get to a point where everybody is able to feel kind of accepted and empowered and I think kind of where we're going at the moment is that people that maybe do have bodies that are stereotypically accepted but don't see them as like okay in their own eyes are then getting people are getting angry at them for saying well you've got a perfect body already so why don't you why do you need to you know yeah just like I just did (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just a really it's that's why I said it's really difficult to navigate because yeah definitely everybody is different 
everybody deserves to feel like their body is beautiful but then in that someone's going to be offended and I do actually completely appreciate that you challenged me I think that's really good because I have just missed out on a on a really important aspect there and I obviously have said something I guess which is not not fair at all which of, of course yeah people who have bodies who are accepted by society doesn't mean that they aren't going to doesn't mean that they are automatically going to love their bodies either of course and without trying to sort of I guess defend myself I think sort of what I was just trying to say was um... you don't need to defend yourself <laughs> I'm not having a go I was just being controversial Hannah, please don't really upset me <laughs> no do you know what? I won't even I won't even try and defend myself because I'll probably I don't really know how to because I, I actually completely appreciate what you said mm. And it's actually perfect that that did happen because, you know, you were saying at the start of this that sometimes you can say something and it's better to say something and it be wrong and you learn from it. And that's exactly what's just happened, you know? Like, you said something that missed an aspect of the situation, but that's absolutely fine. And now maybe that's changed your outlook. Maybe it hasn't. Like, I don't know. It's completely down to you to take away from that. But I just think that that's the sort of conversations we need to be having. And people need to have the confidence to challenge that. You know, I never would have used to have the confidence. But I think, you know, this is something I'm very passionate about. And that's my opinion. But equally, if you'd have turned around then and said, you know what? No, Hannah, that's not how I feel. And I do agree with my initial point. Then that is your opinion. But having those conversations just allows us to kind of maybe reframe what we're talking about or just see things from a different angle. I guess we said before, not everybody is everyone's cup of tea. Mm -hmm. It's just how it is. People just need to accept that, that they're not going to be accepted by everyone. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think that is the simplest, isn't it? That somebody is not going to like the way you look, but actually someone else is going to absolutely adore it. And really what does it matter because it's just it's about yourself and as long as you're happy then I think that's that's kind of the key yeah definitely you just really sort of hit the nail on the head there I think like yeah someone might not like you but yeah someone might but actually it doesn't matter who likes you who doesn't anyway do you you need to appreciate and accept yourself first before all else absolutely the last question I've been asking is quite it's kind of focused around eating disorders so We've been, obviously, this podcast is trying to motivate and inspire others struggling with eating disorders and to reduce the associated stigma and to give people the confidence to leave their eating disorder behind. So, you know, what would be the best tip that you have or, like, the best advice for individuals, like, looking for motivation to accept their body and kind of think, I will be okay without my eating disorder? Yeah, this is, I think, a great thing that you're doing. Like, people are taking something away from it, which is really good. Um, And I think, as we've established, you know, I'm no expert in this field at all. But from my perspective, from the outside, I would just really want to encourage those individuals to actually assess what they're viewing on their social media if they're like in a place where they can do that. So, you know, Instagram and TikTok, for example, TikTok's all the rage now, apparently, and basically make changes to who they're actually following. So if you are scrolling and you sort of come across a post from someone, uh, whether that be actually someone you know um, from work, from school or a sort of celebrity or influencer. um, And if you sort of notice that that's making you feel uncomfortable or leads you down a really unhealthy route in your mind, for for example, then you should hopefully then be able to be in a space where you can make those changes where possible to unfriend or unfollow someone or block someone 
yeah. if you need to. And then in replacement of those, you should seek more sort of wholesome and positive mm-hmm. content. You know, people who do, you know, the things that we've said, who champion um, body positivity, body neutrality, whatever it, whatever yeah. suits you. That's what I would um, say to those individuals. Yeah. I don't know personally I get really funny like oh well that person you know makes me feel bad about myself but I don't yeah. wanna, I don't want to unfollow them because what if they get offended but then it's like well you know you're number one so you know look out for yourself um, yeah so thank you so much for joining us today it's been really nice and I think a, a really different conversation for the podcast so um, yeah. really nice and refreshing but I just wanted to ask if people do want to check out your lovely artwork which they absolutely should where can we find you yes thank you I've actually really enjoyed this um it's been so yeah as you say refreshing to actually have this kind of conversation as well um because obviously being in lockdown I haven't been I guess having these conversations with people or let alone any conversation to be honest <laughs> so thank you for having me um and yeah I'm on Instagram so you can find me at Jodie Yates Art um and I also sell some of my work on Etsy so you can search my shop um which is again Jodie Yates Art as well so yeah if if you like what you see please follow of course well thank you very much Jodie yes thank you it's been lovely That conversation was really refreshing for me and I think it summed up what we're about on Full of Beans is having those conversations about things that you maybe don't know a lot about but we're all here to learn and by having discussions about different topics we're widening our vision of eating disorders, of body acceptance, of how society needs to be in order to ensure that everybody feels accepted. So thank you Jodie so much for coming and giving us a bit of a different topic today on Full of Beans. Next week we will be joined by George Mycock who is just a completely incredible human being and I am really excited because I will be honest in that exercise addiction is something that I am still navigating my way through and having the conversation with George and all of his knowledge was just incredible. He has so much to share and he's so passionate about it all that it really is truly inspiring. And having guilt around exercise can be something that you can start to notice so if you don't exercise as much as you as you wanted to or 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 planned to do you feel guilt about it and is that guilt um kind of significant does it have a significant impact on you like does it actually kind of ruin your mood does it break down your day does it make it worse if you enjoyed listening today you won't want to miss next week's episode so please be sure to subscribe please also like comment and share this podcast with anyone you feel that may be struggling at the moment not only those with eating disorders but also their loved ones as this can be a difficult time for everyone eating disorders are crippling illnesses and this podcast aims to motivate and inspire others to embark their recovery journey for further support please visit the beat or the first steps website or speak to your local gp see you next week bye